Well, we're now on to series two. We're on to series two. The episode is called When She Was Bad. Mm-hmm. And Sadie, do you have a, a pithy summary of the episode for us? Um, When She Was Bad, in which PTSD becomes the resurrection of an evil super vampire and an ensuing battle culminating in some emotionally charged sledgehammer skeleton crushing. That's good. I think that's a very generous reading. And I don't mean generous in like you're giving them too much. I feel like it's it's a very generous and and, and kind of um, understanding reading, I think. I don't know if it's wrong for me to just be diagnosing Buffy with PTSD, but you know she's had she's had trauma and she's she's suffering from some kind of post traumatic thing. But it is you know it's very much like oh and you know then she gets over it and you just get over it and and yeah I mean to some degree that is true you do need to get over things sometimes. Um, but <laughs> the title's kind of haunting, isn't it? There's something about the title of this episode which is really odd because like. I think the fact it's like in the past tense. Well, it, when she was bad. Yeah, but it's it's a poem, isn't it? Um, do you, you know his? Oh, when okay. she was bad, she was very very bad. No, no, oh, no, sorry, no. I mean, I'm, no, sorry. When she was good, she was very very good, and when she was bad, she was, she was horrid. Bad, she was horrid. Horrid. Yeah, I know the the rhyme, but I didn't make that connection. I just kind of was like. Who's the voice in this yeah. episode title? When is what is the perspective? And I guess that's the point, isn't it? It's like you know we need Buffy to be the hero and the good one, and when she is bad, it is horrid because it's it's it, it, yeah it was it's very it's kind of horrid, uh, which I'm sure we'll touch upon. Um, yeah, I, I was looking at some uh, some of the foreign translations of the title as usual. So um, most of them are when she was bad, that kind of thing. Um, in Brazil, it was a volta, which is just the comeback. Okay. You know, which is a quite, quite um, simple, refined kind of way of doing it. Um, French is the metamorphosis of Buffy. Oh. Which again is also, you know, I think French is like looking a bit more into the future. It's looking at the, the moment of change that occurs. You know, she's kind of coming out of her chrysalis, I guess, after this, you know, intense experience. I guess so. Uh, my favorite is Japanese, which, uh, which is, Buffy is a bad guy? Question mark. Question mark, explanation mark. <laughs> which is pretty true to the English translation. Well, that's the point, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's the shock that to see her acting in this way. Um, so, the, yeah, the French one is uh, pretty kind to Buffy then, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but Japan doesn't have any time for her shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry, out, Buffy. Because you're Amish. I mock you with my ice cream cone, Amish guy. Uh, we're in the graveyard. We are it's a in the graveyard, graveyard opening. All of the series openers of Buffy start in the graveyard, I believe. Apart from series one. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm, they all have a graveyard scene. There you go. Um, Xander, his hair goes straight up now. Yes, he's looking quite different. Yeah, maybe maybe he's trying to go for more of an angel style haircut. You know, because oh. we know that he fancies Buffy. Maybe he's like, maybe if I make my hair go straight up, she'll like me too. He's looking less skater boy, I would say. Um, him and Win- Willow are playing a game. <laughs> Were you about to call her Window? <laughs> I was about to call her Window. <laughs> she's... Which is is apt, I would say, because she's she's 
pure. She's transparent. She's she's like our window. She's insightful. She's she she sees things clearly, like you would through a window. <laughs> and uh, she's our window into the show because she's the most relatable character, I guess. There you go. Uh, there you go. But yeah, they're playing they're playing this game where they're, where they're um, guessing the the movie titles and. Yeah, Buffy jumps in uh, because they get attacked by a vampire. Yes. And oh no, but we haven't talked about. Well, first yeah, they nearly kissed. So yeah. how, how, how you mean? I can't believe we nearly skipped over. Yeah. That. So this is kind of upsetting to me. <laughs> the almost kissing because because we hate Xander. Well, no, so I'm I'm trying to. So I've been thinking. I've been reflecting. <laughs> uh, I, you know, over the season break, I've been reflecting about kind of a lot of the negativity that we've had towards Xander. <laughs> And and towards I and towards Angel as well, and I feel like I'm going to try and not let it permeate the other parts. You know, like the other, like you know, when they when them being shit comes up, I'll I'll, I'll like lean into it. But I'm I'm not going to just like throw off the characters because they, you know they have their they have their place in the show and they 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 at times they play them very well and stuff. So I'm I'm trying to not just hate on Xander as much. That's my resolution for series two. Okay, I'm gonna join you in that. I guess um. Yeah, I guess it's like we talked uh, at the beginning about how we weren't going to focus so much on everything that's problematic because we know yeah. maybe at this point we can uh, <laughs> focus less on the characters that we don't like because we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, uh, Angel, uh, you know, there a lot more happens within the series. So I feel like I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, you know, and, and I guess uh, so, you know, Obviously, over our Christmas bonus episode, I had to have a very big deep dive into Angel's past, as you know. Yes. Uh, yes. When we, hopefully some people have listened to this, we, we recorded a, a special crossover episode with Accentricity, where we looked into the accent changes of a vampire over an immortal lifespan. And this required me to become very acquainted with Angel's biography his passions, his history, his family history, his vampire family history, and you know, I look, I look. Has that brought you closer? It's brought, to him, it's brought me think? closer to him. It's oh, brought me a lot closer to him. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to not like. I'm ready to not be so so hateful on them this season. Okay, I'm. I will try and be less hateful as well. I'll I'll take your example. I've not been reflecting at all. Um, but I'll follow your lead. You'll make me a better person. <laughs> so you... I'll learn to be more forgiving. <laughs> so um, so yeah. What did you think of this little moment between Xander and Willow? Hmm? Well, what did you find upsetting about it? I find it upsetting because it's a bit like um, uh, it's a bit like seeing siblings almost kiss. Uh, not necessarily because of the way the characters are drawn on the show, but because of my familiarity with them is so ingrained and that so it's like seeing your your two siblings kiss a little bit yeah no it's like you know it's like no 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 no. like i've you know because i've seen it through to the end and it's like you know you've watched it so many times and you know that they're not a couple they're best friends and that's like what their relationship is and that's what it grows into it feels weird to to go back to this place where there where there's like any sexual tension between them it feels wrong Mm, you know i know what you mean i know what you mean buffy jumps in with her new hair dusts the vampire and then turns to the camera and says hey guys missed me to her friends but also to we the viewers <laughs> to we the viewers it's a it's a yeah, it's a really nice directly moment. at the camera do you know and i remember i remember being really thrilled by that because i wasn't really used to like fourth wall breaking as an eight-year-old mm. you know because i'd grown up over that summer as well too miss me 
so we next we have Joyce and Buffy's dad, whose name I can't remember. Hank. Hank. Hank Summers. Hank Summers. So Joyce yeah. and Hank are having a parental chat, and they have both been feeling quite distant from Buffy, and they both worry. Yeah, and just don't make your mum worry. I know. Excessively. I know. Not when it's know? Joyce. Um. And then there's like a kind of a little kind of sweeping, sweeping moment at the school where you're like, you kind of see Cordelia walking down the stairs. Cordelia you get overheard. All my favourite Cordelia moments are when we just like, it's like we accidentally overhear her. Like just bits <laughs> of her conversation. So in this scene, she's talking about how she ended up in a place that didn't have a beach over the summer with her parents. It was like Tuscany or something, wasn't Somewhere it? Somewhere like awesome, but like it didn't have a beach. Um, yeah. And then she's like... That sort of adversity builds character. But I already have a lot of character. Is it possible to have too much character? <laughs> no, no, Cordelia. You could never be too much character for this. <gasps> I really liked that little bit. That was that was very peak Cordy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Giles and Jenny get reacquainted. Yeah, so Giles is chatting to Principal Schneider first. He spends Giles yeah. spends quite a lot of time with Principal Schneider, like considering they he don't re- get on and <laughs> Yeah. And like Giles he, he, is the librarian, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how to explain that. But I think Snyder comes and spends a lot of time with Giles. I feel like Giles yeah. doesn't doesn't look for him. Yeah, maybe Snyder just really likes Giles. And he needs to have somebody to talk to. And, and do you remember what Jenny's plan or Jenny's um, activities were over the summer? She's been to Burning Man. She's, be, she's a burner. Of course she's a burner. And they've had, so the four things she lists, do you remember them? The yeah. four things that they have at Burning Man. Um, there was, I know there was naked mud wrestling and yeah. there was um, something like a metal structure of some kind. <laughs> I feel like it's a real, like one of these things just doesn't belong moment. So she lists yeah. four things. <laughs> There's drum rituals, <laughs> raves, naked mud dances, and mobile sculptures. Mobile sculptures, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobile sculptures aren't fun. They, it's a big thing in Burning Man. It's <laughs> okay, like, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. been, so I wouldn't know. Do you think she was naked mud wrestling? <gasps> I think that was the implication, wasn't it? I think she likes to imply quite a lot, but I think she's oh, a lot more. Okay. I think I think she's a lot more vanilla than she lets on. Okay, there's actually another one of her. Just in this scene, there's another one of her little, um, ooh, I'm seeing something a bit sexy, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, inexplicable moments, where Mrs. C, she's like, um, or, or Miss, Ms., Ms. C, Ms. is C. like, um, and, and you, talking to Giles, and you probably spend all summer with your nose, you probably spent all summer with your nose in a book. And then Giles is like, oh, and I suppose you'd find that frightfully dull. And then she says, like, in her slightly sexy voice, depends on the book it's <laughs> <laughs> like what does she, what is she oh implying? my god i've just got this awful image of like giles literally like with his face like his nose pressed into one of those books of the witch engravings you know like someone walking in on him in the library with his face pressed into one of these engravings is that what she's suggesting is that like it's like a sexy book yeah of course yeah okay because i wondered if like maybe the book was like a metaphor for sex i don't know i don't know what she was saying <laughs> yeah no, no 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 it's definitely she's she's saying like oh maybe he's reading like i don't know the story of o or something do you know like something something a bit risque depends on the book so basically we see that Buffy's having some some kind of stuff going on. She's like training much too hard. 
she kicks a wooden training thing in half. Mm. Um, and then Buffy has a dream. We don't realise it's a dream at first, but she has a dream that Giles is the master in disguise and he's trying to kill her. Such an upsetting image. Like really, really upsetting. upsetting. Yeah. Like Anthony Stewart's head facing this. That's some incredible yes. that's some incredible acting, but like He completely changes into a different person. Like he's terrifying. Like you, you never see him in that mode like ever again. Like in yeah. throughout Buffy. And it's so it's so upsetting to see him be being the one that does it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's with, awful. With, with with total conviction. Like with total yeah. conviction. Um yeah, I was very upset by that. Yeah, he he did like the actor is great in this scene. Yeah, incredible, but it's, incredible. It's really upsetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. upsetting. Um, and then she wakes up to find Angel in her room watching her sleep. Then we um have a really lovely exchange with Cordy back at school. Um, yes, where she calls them the three musketeers and they try to teach her how to insult them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, sorry. So Angel, Angel's in Buffy's room, warns her about the anointed one. So that's yeah. like a plot point. He's like the anointed one. Yes. is out and about. Yeah. So we kind of miss that plot point, which you know we tend to miss. Uh, plot we do, points. and also I didn't mention there's a very nice song that plays next. It's by Alison Krauss. Uh, oh yeah. It doesn't matter, and it's like a very moody song, and we see Buffy wearing some kinds of sunglasses that really don't suit a very moody song. Um, mm. They're kind of like cartoon sunglasses while this like really yeah. like song plays. Um, that song was also on the Buffy soundtrack. Uh, great song, great song. It's a great song. So then we get to the school and and there's that exchange with Cordelia. Um, so so yeah, they're like um, she calls them the Three Musketeers and they're like the Three Musketeers were cool, didn't you? Don't you mean like the Three Stooges? <laughs> um, and then she just says really loudly, so did you like find any demons this summer? Um, and Willow says, yes, our own person. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a very, very good line. <laughs> I fucking love Willow. Yeah. Um, and then we see hints of like, because Cordelia kind of knows too much now to not be in with their gang. Yeah. Um. So we see her. She still kind of despises them, but she's being, she's definitely being inducted into their little yeah. musketeers gang, which is cute. I mean, because she's smart enough to recognize that, you know, if all this stuff is happening in Sunnydale, you know, she should, she should stick close enough by them for protection. Absolutely. You know, while still trying to maintain herself in the hierarchy that already exists within the school. You know, yeah. So she's, she knows her shit. Yeah, she really knows her shit. Um, and then uh, Buffy delivers this burn that's um, yeah, quite out of character. She what was Buffy's burn again? Um, she says, "Great, you don't tell anyone I'm a slayer. I won't tell anyone that you're a moron." Oh, yeah, that's not very funny. Just... No, it isn't at all. No, no I'll try harder, Buffy. Um, Cordy's hair is looking great. If um, if. If I feel like if I said like, can you show me the nineties? It would be Courtney's <laughs> hair at this point. Oh yeah, because it's got like the tiny fringe, but also like highlights as well. Really like, the like, whole way like through. contrast highlights. You just don't get highlights yeah. like that anymore. No, bring them back. They look great. Oh hey, did you guys hear that Chibo Mano is going to be at the bronze tonight? So so then this is the scene. This is the whole center of the episode. Chibo Mato. Which is well, Chibo Mato playing at the bronze. Oh hold on, hold on. What's happening at the bronze? I'll tell you what's happening. Chibo Mato are clog dancing. Chibo Mato? They know how to clog dance? <laughs> um, so Chibo Mato are... Well, I don't know if you're, they're your favourite, but I know that No Your Chicken is your favourite song. <laughs> is that right? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I did, I did choose that to wind Alan up one time. Um, <laughs> it's kind of your joke favourite song. Yeah. But you do also wife... genuinely love them. So Chibo Mao are a, I, I guess, a kind of like a, a trip-hop, J-pop band that were based in, I feel like they were based in New York. And they do the song White Pepper Ice Cream and... Oh, she's white pepper. I don't know why I'm talking in the third person to the audience. <laughs> Your white pepper ice cream is definitely the best ice cream I've ever eaten. Yes, it is an ice cream that I invented based on how much I love this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, white pepper ice cream. The song is a bit like a kind of it's sort of like a like a weird sort of midnight James Bond feel to it. It's very creepy mm. and weird and spoken word and. And yeah, anyway, Chibamata are incredible. Viva la we can So I'm guessing we can't like play any of their music, but we can definitely sing it. La la la. La 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 la. That melody is so haunting. But uh, it's used to great effect here. The first bit, the Ennio Morricone sample that goes like. Because. Buffy steps into the bronze after the little spoken word intro and we start with her is she wearing like a kind of platform heels big shoes for yeah, sure yeah big big shoes mm. and then like you know the camera kind of just goes up her body as this like slinky slinky vocal sample shows she's wearing this very kind of like dark maroon dress she's brought her new hair to the bronze as well she hasn't left that at home and she makes a fucking entrance yeah she certainly does she really does. She certainly does. It's kind of weird that in this episode, Buffy being kind of, well, she's she's suffering, then she's she's sort of being kind of mean at this point and gets meaner. Um, but she's also ve- like at her sexiest <laughs> in this scene. Exactly. And what do we know about, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a TV show's attitude to sex? It doesn't. It doesn't like it. It's got yeah, baddies. it doesn't. So baddies are it's sexy. Bad, pe- and... bad people are sexy. Bad people use their sexuality. Um, you know, you do start to get more uh, like kind of positive portrayals, like as the show grows up, certainly. Mm. But yeah, in these in these early series, sex is a sex is a bad person thing, and Buffy's mm. being bad using sexuality. He has a little exchange with Angel still while Chibo Matter are playing, mm-hmm. uh, where he. Is like, what's your deal? What you know? Why are you so angry at me? Um, and she doesn't say, "Could you let yourself into my bedroom at night?" Um, she says, "You know." She basically is like, "I don't really care about you. I didn't really think about you that much. I've moved on to the living." Mm-hmm. It's a good burn. And then that was actually quite a good burn. Yeah, she's getting better throughout the day. You um, know? Willow is eating ice cream in the bronze. Yes, yeah, so that's around about this time. I did. I did think I was like, is that a yogurt tub? But yeah, um, it's ice cream. So that's. I another... think it's white pepper ice cream. I think in honor ah. of Chibo Natal, they are serving white pepper ice cream. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I just because um, first of all, I was like, oh my god, it's a club where they serve ice cream. And I was like, oh my god, it's a club where they serve Chibo Mato are just playing just one evening. And they're serving ice cream. Oh, like, how much do you want to go to a club where Chibo Mao play? A, sm- a small town club, no less, which yeah. is like the only club in town or whatever, where Chibo Mao play and they serve white pepper ice cream. We might need to open it. <laughs> I don't know what, like, why has no one done that yet? Why has yeah. no one opened that yet? Uh, yeah, it's also like, why did Chibo Mao stop there? Because it's like, it's a sort of a strange place to play, I guess. But 
You know, I, you know what though, we do know there's a university in Sunnydale, so we're kind of to presume that it's a college town. True, like we're kind of told it's a small town, but increasingly, like there's actually quite a lot of shit in Sunnydale, so yeah, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's maybe not as small as they make out. So I think, yeah, I mean, you know, in the circuit, it's not uncommon for bands to play like university towns. Mm. Um, but but and but, like the bronze is always busy. Like they've clearly kind of got a. Yeah, every night. And I actually, counting back the days, I think this is a Monday night. It's either a Monday oh or a Tuesday God. night. Yeah, because they mentioned... I think at some point in this episode, Willow says that Wednesdays are the only are yeah. the night that isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and like, that's only one or two days after the Chibomato gig. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that they're playing on like a Monday or something. Mm. Um, and... Then, so, yeah, there's, like, Willow's trying to rekindle that bit of sexual tension with Xander because, you know, he's so distracted waiting for Buffy. And Buffy arrives, she sees the opportunity to alienate everyone in her life, and she seizes yeah. it. So, I, I watch it, because Willow, in this uh, episode, is, like, thinks that at this point, Buffy's possessed. And I had seen this episode before, but couldn't remember exactly what happened, and I... I kind of had this vague sense watching this that the music made her do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, Sugar that is... Water plays and it's so sexy that she has to alienate everyone in her life. I mean, that is the power that they have. Exactly, exactly. Like, it is a very potent song. I only play it in very specific circumstances. <laughs> I only play it when there's no one around to alienate. Yeah, or people I want to alienate are around. <laughs> um... Oh, and so, so it so, causes her to grind all up on Xander. So this is also for like ages. For this scene goes on for ages. Uncomfortably long amount so of long. time. And like it's okay, so they're like face to face dancing, and that's already a bit like, oh, this is a little kind of weird. But but then she turns around and she just starts to yeah, like properly grind up on it, you know, like like really, and then Xander just kind of stands there making this face, which is definitely him trying as hard as he can not to get an erection. Yeah, absolutely. like that is him. That, like it's his face. It's this like frozen face, which is like him just willing the blood to stay out of his dick. Like he barely moves at all. <laughs> like he just stands there, and she just keeps going and keeps going. And again, it's it's just so too long. long. It's just far too long. And I know, like, the song's a wonderful song, and, like... You know, I, I was glad that they play pretty much the entire song, but... But it just keeps on going. Mm. And this, this, like, most of this episode is, in a way, an inexplicable moment. Like, Buffy's... Buffy's what she's doing is, like, very unclear the whole time. Uh, but it, I guess it is explicable in the context of knowing that in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, sexiness equals bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah it's it's just it's quite weird yeah but you know great to have Chibo Mato I, you know I mean it's it's implied but this is how I discovered Chibo Mato obviously um, yeah. through through Buffy because uh, they yeah weren't very well known in Ireland or anything at the time um, but yeah a, a kind of a foundational moment I think in my music taste setting a mm. setting a kind of a, a trend towards sort of trip hop for, for kind of my early teens I think <laughs> She, she she leaves the dance floor. She mm. like picks up her coat without looking, without looking at Willow. Mm. But then she walks past Angel. She does give him a glance to make sure that he's looking at her. 
So is she trying to make Angel jealous? Yeah, that's the point. That's the point of this whole scene. Okay. I was too innocent to get that. I just... <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I thought was going on. Yeah, she's... she's well, I mo- thought she was possessed. I thought the music had possessed her. Um, No, no, no. I think she, she's she's trying to make Angel jealous. And I think she says as much in the next episode or, or okay. something like there. Um, But yeah, no, no, no. She, she, she's willing to... Yeah, really fuck up her friendship just to just to make Angel jealous because that's how much she doesn't care. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I to mean, fuck up like both of her closest friendships. Yeah, and to fuck up their like relationship with each other too a little bit too. Yes. Like, do you know, yeah. like I feel like that throws a very weird energy in between Xander and Willow. But anyway, yes. horrid. She is horrid. Horrid. When she's bad, she is horrid. Uh so she goes outside and Cordy catches her. Yeah, Cordy. She's coming and at her with the tough love. Yeah, yeah, and and just tells her to get over herself. Yeah, get your shit together. Which I have to say, I'm on Cordy's side here. I kind of am as well, yeah. Yeah, like as yeah. usual. I'm usually on Cordy's side, yeah. Embrace the pain, spank your inner mop it, whatever. The library, we get a little bit of insight because we've been discussing what, how many languages does Giles speak, which are those languages. Yes, and in the library scene, he clarifies. So he's talking about this text, and does he say it was translated from Sumerian to Latin? So, so this is the thing. Originally, he says it's in Latin, so bear with me. Okay. So that says that Wait, so he reads Latin. He reads Latin, but it is required to bear with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe his like maybe his grasp of Latin isn't perfect, but uh, you know he reads it. And uh, what does it say? It says, "Oh yeah, it's the people who are closest to the master. That's that's who the um, the demons." Because we didn't either. We didn't mention that the master's bones have been dug up uh, because there is a demon sect. Um, they are trying to resurrect him. And to resurrect him, they need to people who were closest to the master when he died. And Buffy believes that's her. Because killing each other really promotes togetherness, I think is what she says. And actually, what it means is... Well, it does mean that, but it means closest in the sense of physical proximity rather than emotionally? Yes, yeah, which does make more sense. Now... This is also where it gets clarified that maybe I was a bit too hard on Giles because he then says, oh, the Latin was translated badly from the Sumerian. So maybe Mm. he just has a problem with bad Latin. And maybe in that moment where he saw the badly translated Latin, it it gave him a moment of kind of self-doubt. Like maybe he was like, oh, bear with me. You know, maybe my Latin's a little bit Mm. kind of rusty now. Maybe it's not how I remember it. But um, actually, you know, when he realizes that, he gets his confidence back and he's like, you know what? I can read Latin perfectly. This is just mm. badly translated from the Sumerian. And presumably, in order for him to find out it's a bad translation, he would have had to also go then and check the Sumerian. Which was one of the one of the languages we knew he definitely spoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely yeah. spoke Sumerian. So he does um, speak and read and write in Sumerian and Latin. Yeah, so, so we've, got, go. we've got two. Um, I'm sure German will be one of them too, but we'll... we'll... Should we, yeah, I, I think it could be. Let's see if we can get all five by the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, la, la, la. oh yeah so, so Buffy goes to the bronze because there's a there was a trap laid basically they said come to the bronze and you know because mm. they've got Cordelia now so uh, when she gets the bronze there is a, a well she runs in with Angel first she runs in with Angel and uh, she's still in bad Buffy mode 
and she says to Angel something about him being a vampire and then she says, oh, sorry, is that an offensive term? Should I say undead American? <laughs> that comes back, I believe. In, Does uh, it? Yeah, I think, I think there's an episode of Angel where someone's referred to as an undead American. What a boomer, Buffy. Yeah, total boomer, yeah. <laughs> like, what what are you trying to say with that kind of humour? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Like, like oh, you, you, snowflakes asking yeah. to be called by their preferred terms. Yeah, exactly, yeah, total boomer. Total um, boomer. But <laughs> bear in mind, like, she is, she she's bad Buffy at this point. Yeah. She's not herself. No. I mean, you know, she can just be kind of shit Gen X as well. Um, Don't, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so that's also a kind of a very strange, very strange scene um, between her and Angel. Uh, she's just yeah. It's just very hard to understand her motives at the moment. Yeah, we we. I really. I. Do you know what? Um, we were actually set up for this at the beginning of the episode when Joyce and Hank were saying that they felt very distant from Buffy and they were finding it hard to connect to her. I feel very distant from Buffy in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I very feel, true. I feel very cut off from her. So that it's actually quite a beautiful episode in many ways. And I, it's a weird episode, but I kind of I like it. It's kind of unsettling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things is that like I feel like it, it really puts you into the position of what being Joyce is like, being the parent of this kind of troubled teenage vampire slayer Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't know what's going on in her head you don't know what her motivations are why she's doing the things that she's doing so really this episode's about Joyce very true yeah yeah that is Joyce is our window Joyce is our window not Willow even though she's almost (laughs) called window (laughs) I'm sorry um Uh, so they, they arrive at the bronze. It's a trap. There's a weeping woman. Uh, mm-hmm. But the weeping woman is, is not Cordelia. It's a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's a vampire. It's a trap. Who is also... I think this vampire is like really like kind of honoured to be chosen to go on this mission because like she's put on the brightest red lipstick for the occasion. Mm, she's you loving know? it. She's like, I'm going to go out with a bang. I'm going mm. to look great. And she's there as bait to lure Buffy to the bronze because... Giles had been reading. Well, actually, to be fair, Giles had kind of read what was the correct translation, but it was like two different meanings of closest, and Buffy misinterpreted it. Really, what he said. Well, but, I don't. I'm going on the fact that he said it was badly translated. Okay. Yeah. Well, he says yeah. So there's some mm-hmm. kind of like there's some kind of issue with communication and translation. Mm-hmm. Um. And anyway, it turns out that it's not Buffy that they're after. It is the people who were physically closest to the master when he died, which is Cordelia, mm-hmm. Willow, mm-hmm. and Giles. And Jenny. And Jenny. And Miss C. That's right, Miss C. Uh, mm-hmm. but not... And actually, they wanted to lure Buffy away so that they could get to those guys. Yeah. And Buffy wouldn't be yeah. there to protect them. So Buffy runs back, and the only person who's <laughs> left is Xander. Now, the first thing I wanted to say, she arrives back to the library, and there is such a mess such and, a mess and it's the kind of mess that I'd like I was watching the scene as the camera like goes and shows everything that's been spilled and turned over and I was trying to imagine the kind of struggle and movements that would have to happen for all of these particular things to fall on the floor in the way that, that they did um, very artful very very artful mm. kind of you know not not a book out of place in the sense that they're all exactly on the spot of the floor where the props decided to put them Mm. Um, and then a bloody Xander with a really 
really upsetting uh, bloody nose uh, makeup mm. uh, emerges from behind the table. It's I couldn't stop like it was actually making me a little bit ill thinking of and it yeah. looked like it was kind of going into his mouth a little bit. Oh. It, was, oh, it wasn't nice. And he tells Buffy that he's going to kill her if if they hurt Willow. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, shows that there's definitely kind of a mending going on. There's like, you know, like there, he's, 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 he's talking to her more like an equal, I guess, now, rather than being kind of scared. She had the upper hand mm. in the bronze, but Chipo Mato aren't here to back her up this time. Absolutely. Um, and the relationship between Xander and Willow was reaffirmed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a small line, but it's not a throwaway line. It's no, important. No, not at all. Uh, then she goes back to the bronze. And more horrifying moments is when she puts her crucifix into the into the lipstick that lady's mouth. That was really mouth. horrible, yeah. Like, I was, yeah, I you know, I was thinking about what that would actually do to you. Do you know, I was thinking, mm. like, you know, imagine well, like... If you a, think about what the crucifix did to Angel's chest, because we yeah. saw that he had this kind of burn where the crucifix had been on his skin. Yeah. So it's burning her, presumably. Yeah. No, that, this is actually very... Is this the first time we see Buffy torturing someone? Because that's some pretty bad torture. I think it's the first time. Yeah, I think that's some, that's some pretty severe tactics. But, you know, it's yeah. also... It's getting a little bit darker, too. I think it's, <laughs> that kind of definitely is a bit of a shift from the comic book violence of, of the mm, first mm-hmm. series. For sure. We're going, we're going more, more real places. For the dark. For the, For the dark. dark. For the dark. So she kills a lot of vampires. We've got like a big fighty scene. Well, yeah. So she arrives at the at the, the factory. All of her friends are strung up on top of the bones yes. of the master. They're upside down. And all the vampires seem to be at the behest of this tiny little theater kid. Mm-hmm. In his black polo neck. <laughs> um, he really wants he to be taken seriously. Colin, Colin, Co- the Colin, one. Colin. And yeah, she needs to save her friends, so she saves them by killing all the baddies, basically. Um, and it's, then it's not a bad fight scene though, because there's like no. some stuff happens. You know, she sets one of them on fire. One mm-hmm, person's mm-hmm. staked, and you don't not expecting it. And then she does. The, do you see the flip she did with the box? Ah, she does some good flips. Yeah, like that was quite good. They're getting better at the fighting scenes. They're mm-hmm, less. They're mm-hmm. less kind of throw a blow duck. You know, as, as kind of which they were in, in series one. Mm. And. I was thinking, how long can you be hung upside down for? Before you, like, pass out or whatever. When I was doing trapeze lessons, I was upside down for quite long periods. I mean, not long enough to die. No, how long? How long for? How long were you upside down probably for? Probably not that long, really. Mm, but it, it felt, felt like a long it time. It felt like a long time. That's probably yeah. because you got high, because all the blood went into your brain. Probably, yeah. I think that's what happens. <coughs> uh, we used to actually do that as kids. We'd, like, we wouldn't go fully upside down, but we'd, like, hang upside down at the side of our bed or something. Oh. And then be like, woo, head rush. Oh, That's basically, like that. that was basically doing drugs with our own bodies. Basically. Yeah. Did you guys have the fairy faint in school? Is that when people breathe really fast and then like... Well, in my, I think we maybe had quite a hardcore version of it, but people would like choke each other. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. So, so we'd like, so it's like half strangulation and then... People like it was like a, a craze like like Pokemon or something that went round when we were like twelve. But... We we had one where you were told to kind of like kind of hyperventilate like for thirty seconds. It'll be the same kind of thing. And then and then and then sit down or something like that really fast or, or they're both or just like cutting really like cutting the oxygen, aren't they? And then yeah yeah yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, basically, kids trying to find something a little bit like poppers, but with. But, but that's the thing is, like when you think back, you're like, that's basically it. That was us like trying to create drugs with our own bodies. But actually, probably <laughs> drugs were quite a lot safer than probably. a lot of the things they were doing. If you're 12 and you're listening, don't do drugs either. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just don't. I don't know. There's there's definitely better ways to get your kicks mm-hmm, than that. Uh, mm-hmm. than... Yeah, like reading <laughs> a book, entering reading a, a whole, entering a whole new world. I hate that girl. <laughs> Talking about twelve year olds. So the the anointed one. Yeah. He's this little guy with his uh, with his little neck polo. Oh, little Colin. Um. So apparently, uh, he was going to be a much bigger part in this <laughs> series, but he had like a big growth spurt over the oh. summer. And they basically they were like, well, he's not going to be believably a child because obviously, when you become a vampire, you're supposed to be kind of arrested at that stage of of certainly physical development. Um, so yeah, he was like, well, by the time we get to the end of series two, he won't really be like a child anymore. But then apparently, so he had a big growth spurt, and then it said like that's why in series two you see him sitting a lot. <laughs> and like even at the, the last angle they show him from is like an angle from like above so you're like looking down on him so he doesn't look as tall so yeah pay attention he's not in mer- very very many episodes in, in series two but pay attention to to how tall he looks or like ways they try and make him look smaller maybe that's why they dressed him all in black maybe they dressed yeah. him all in black so because is, is bla- black's like a contracting color isn't it and like a polo <laughs> neck as well so like his neck's hidden and everything <laughs> oh, do you think that's like Heidi Adam's apple? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, poor Colin. That must really yeah. mess you up as a child actor if you like loot. Like you basically get sacked because you grew. Like, that's pretty he grim. seems uh, so. He seems like a very nice guy. He he think he has a Twitch or something, and he's like done Q and As on Reddit, and he's done some of the conferences. He seems like he seems very well adjusted. Um, oh, that's good. He doesn't seem he doesn't seem to hold any grudges about it. I think he's just quite maybe happy that he was because, part of it. Maybe the reason he's so well adjusted is because he didn't have a big part in series two, and he, you know, he he got to be a kid and not be too famous. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. Um, That's my theory. And she uh, saves saves her friends, um, mm-hmm. smashes smashes up all of the master's bones in a very emotional scene. Yeah, it's genuinely very like oh this scene it's quite a lot of catharsis um yeah. she's like crying and angry and and wielding a sledgehammer at the same time which i imagine is probably like quite a hard acting kind of mm. task to do um mm. and but she lets her emotions all out which she'd yeah. been like um her emotions which she'd been channeling into sexy dancing yes you know, channels into sledgehammer skeletons which is a terrible place to channel your emotions you know what sexy dancing yeah you should only yeah. channel it into uh ha- hand holding and um purity <laughs> rings <laughs> <laughs> and uh smashing bones. leave space for jesus buffy <laughs> There was no space was for Jesus no space between for Jesus Buffy and Xander. <laughs> no. no, poor Jesus was getting crushed like that chicken in Pink Flamingos. <laughs> oh my God, you reminded you me of Pink You made me watch Flamingos. that. It was awful. I mean, I, I, I understand its merits, but I didn't enjoy that evening. <laughs> we were very young though. It was That was the same year we watched Buffy oh, together. Oh, sure was, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, yeah. totally. Just some Buffy, some Pink Flamingos. Yeah. yeah, there's a scene in Plink Flamingos where a chicken gets crushed between two people. 
having Shagging, sex. Of course. Oh my god. And that yeah. is that is Jesus. That is Jesus in between Jesus. Buffy and Xander. Um, but the next day, you can't to sh- see him because he's a ghost, but he's being crushed. <laughs> To, to show uh, to show that Buffy is returning to her chaste ways, she's wearing a very chaste outfit at school the next day. Yeah. Like a little kind of, um, what do you call that? Like sweater that's like pinned at the, it's like pinned around her shoulders. Yeah, I don't know what you call it, but one of them. It looks very like kind of um, like grease, but you know, when she's good, not when she becomes sexy. Uh-huh. And uh, Giles gives her a talk and says, oh, like, they're your friends. They'll take you back. And she's like, oh, no, I was terrible. I was really sexy. Um, and then they I'll go never in... be sexy again, Mr. Giles. <laughs> I promise. And they go into, she goes into the classroom. And she, Xander and Willow there. And they're doing a really good job of minimizing yeah. Of like pretending everything, nothing happened. They're like, hey, you know, we're your pals. They've already forgiven her. They've already forgiven her. Um, however, the music uh, is also... This 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 bit goes on for almost as uncomfortably long as the dance between Xander and Buffy. It starts <laughs> playing this like... But like, am I right in thinking as well that like they are still... So the music's playing... But like they're not speaking anymore; they're just kind of sitting, looking at each other. No, they're they're kind of just gest gest gesticulating and um, stuff like that. But you don't hear anything they say. So the, the okay, the, so it must have just felt like they were sitting. Yeah, for a long time. because I mean, it looks at Buffy's face, and she's sort of like smiling coyly or whatever. And then and then you think it's going to end because like it it reaches that kind of like um the chords resolve themselves, and then it goes like do. And then it goes for like a full like another eight bars of whatever this fucking bullshit music is, which is just like friendships good. Don't be sexy with your friends. Like it's 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 really it's a it's a rare misstep in the scoring in Buffy. I have to say, leave room for Jesus in your friendship. It's a very leave room for Jesus in your friendship kind of song. It sounds a bit like um an advertisement from the nineties for like uh Metamucil or like you know a fiber supplement or something like that. There, do you know like like you'll never be distracted in class again. Like. But yeah, so that that goes on for almost as uncomfortably long as as the Chibomato dance. I have to say, it's almost like a kind of an inverse to the Chibomato dance. It like it needs to balance out <laughs> the sexiness of that with the purity with of, really of the classroom. Scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a nice reading of uh, of that. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Oh God, it's 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 yeah. It's it uh, yeah. mirror each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're the, that's the true the kind of the center, the dark and the light of Buffy, um, as mm. represented by those two songs. Mm. Um, and she's not bad anymore. She's good again. No, right? she's good again. She's good again. So this episode, in terms of like a series opener, what do you think? It's, yeah, I mean, it, it, like I was saying, it's a really strange episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a kind of. It's an interest. It's like we're seeing it from a different angle. And previously, we had like an insight into Buffy as the main character. Whereas in this episode, we're kind of seeing her the way that other people see her, the way that people like Joyce see her when they're sort of cut out from her life. Um, the kind of 
mysterious and confusing way that her actions sometimes appear to other people. Mm. Um, because you know she's she's dealing with a lot as a vampire slayer. Yeah, um, and even even the opening scene, I guess, is Xander and Willow. It's not Buffy. Like we open yeah. with Xander and Willow, and then Buffy arrives. And yeah, it really does set you up for your perspective to not be Buffy's perspective here. Mm. She's not our and window. And it is quite distressing after feeling like we knew her to, to like to not understand. Like I say, the whole episode is just like one long inexplicable moment. And it's, yeah, it's very and, strange. Uh, no, but I think I think uh, you notice that, well, first of all, everyone's got new hair. So that sets Everyone up a theme. Everyone has got new hair. Mm. It sets up a theme of new hair, the series. Mm. Um, if you were if you were doing this as a as in high school where you had to talk about the themes, what would the <laughs> themes of this episode be? New hair would be one. Yeah. Um, vampire slaying would be another. Yeah, and romance. Romance. <laughs> um, I think one of the well, one of the themes is definitely um, how you shouldn't have sex. Yeah, but you you know, in school you always like you you get you those themes always get boiled down to something like romance. Just one word, or, yeah, 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 romance. <laughs> like the theme of war. The, the theme, theme of, of war. The theme of war. The theme of war. <laughs> the, the theme of war occurs whenever the main character said, "I remember the war." Yeah. It also occurs <laughs> whenever his wife refers to the war. <laughs> That's exactly what our analysis was like. So I remember we did Romeo and Juliet, and we had to yeah. write an essay about the theme of light and we just had to basically go through it and find the word light and then like write down i know and that's like so much easier now if you just put control find like control yeah. find light like you know man it was actually it was quite a challenge in those days you had to yeah. um but yeah the themes and the theme of yeah conflict is another one when it wasn't when it wasn't war you'd say theme of conflict the theme of conflict so there's some of the theme of conflict in this episode oh definitely theme of conflict yeah but yeah and i guess i mentioned at the end of the prophecy girl one where like willow what buffy says to willow like it's going to be okay and willow goes no it's it's not okay or i'm Mm. i i am not okay and it's like you start to see that buffy they're they're going to gather traumas as they go through the show yeah like they're not going to kind of revert back to kind of who they were. They're going to they're going to change. They're going to mm. they're, they're going to metamorphosize, as the French would say, uh, according to their title. Uh, but it does set up a different uh, theme. I think it definitely shows you this is going to be much more of an arky series because it, it it's sort of yeah like this series is very much based on all of their relationships. It's not based on a real monster, really. Like you know, you mm. never feel that invested in the master rising, and then it ends mm. with him being crushed. So you're like, okay, that story's over. Yeah. Do you know we're going new places? We've got our new hair. We're going new places, and yeah, I think it's a very uneven series opener, but I think it does set a certain tone for series two, mm. which mm-hmm. is all going to be about kind of their relationships with each other. The theme of romance. Romance and conflict, yeah. And friendship. And friendship. <laughs> 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 <laughs>